Good morning. We welcome you to come into the sanctuary, have a seat, and join us. you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 18, and we'll just read the call to worship. Psalm 18, 25 to 30. To the faithful you show yourselves faithful. To the blameless you show yourself blameless. To the pure you show yourself pure, but to the crooked you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. And with my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. God, we just welcome your presence here. Um, open our hearts to hear from you. And to worship you as well. Amen. 
I invite you to stand with us as we sing the next couple songs.
strong. Hope you can just keep standing or sitting, whatever works for you. <laughs> <clears throat> through a responsive reading except that you have nothing to follow. So um, I invite you after each sentence that I say to say we give thanks and Adrian and Olivia and Colson will be saying at the same time so you can join or you can just listen in. So your part is we give thanks. Great God you created the good earth and all its creatures, the heavens, and all they contain. We give thanks. You created us to be in community with you and to please you. We give thanks. You give us life. You give us consciousness. You give us love. 
We, we give thanks. For the blessings of family, friendships, and worldly provision. We, we give thanks. For the blessings of talent, aptitude, and meaningful work. We give thanks. For the blessings of food, drink, and good conversation, those times of feast and enjoyment. We give thanks. For the blessings of trivial pleasures, small gifts meant for our happiness. We give thanks. For the blessings of expression, song, art, human ingenuity, and creativity. We give thanks. For the blessings of peace that come from knowing you. We give thanks. When we survive mishaps. We give thanks. When we endure consequences and pain. We give thanks. When we must combat evil with goodness and love. We give thanks. When we must deny ourselves, bear burdens, and obey. We give thanks. When we must suffer loss and disappointment. We give thanks. When we must come to the end of our physical selves. We give thanks. When we choose violence and rebellion, you make a way to recover us. We give thanks. The way of Christ, the true and full shining image of your love. We give thanks. For Jesus and the kingdom he began here, in which you invite us to participate. We give thanks. And for the experience of living on earth and all its paradoxes and mingling of joy and suffering. We give thanks. Take our gifts of time and money and ourselves to your honor and glory. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Let me inflict something on you. Noelle has found a joke she finds very funny. I don't know whether or not she fully gets it, but wait for it. What has four wheels and flies? Give up? A garbage truck. There we are. I have heard that joke a hundred times in the last two weeks. I share it with you now. If you have your bulletins on you, now is the time to take them out. There is a number of things on here, also a number of things to add. The first one is tonight at 7 o'clock in the back, we are going to be having a campfire uh, snack potluck uh, open to anybody and bring a lawn chair as well as your favorite thing to snack on whatever it may be to share. It is going to be a good time of catching up and also sharing and what God has done. Nothing formal, but it'll be good to see everybody after it's already been half the summer. That's kind of crazy how that gets away from you. But come out, 7 p.m. tonight, fire, snack potluck, bring a lawn chair in the back. Uh, next thing, there is not going to be a care home service. Uh, the reason why is because apparently COVID is going through the care home again. A number of people are sick. A number of staff are home. We're going to want to make sure to pray for the care home uh, when we get to our prayer section. But no care home service today. So if that was where you were looking to go, uh, make sure to strike it. Our next time will be five weeks from now, but we just really want to pray that it goes through the care, like that it's done soon. Next, Sunday, 10.45 a.m., that is next Sunday. Uh, there is going to be 
a guest speaker that I put in quotation marks because Travis Zacharias is going to be uh, sharing with us. Uh, obviously, he is not in the country, uh, but at the same time, we have a, uh, he's going to send us a video of something he's prepared just for us, and it'll be wonderful to hear all of the things that the Zachariases are up to on the mission field down in Paraguay, and so look forward to that. Skipping on down. We already said our congratulations to Henry and Janae last time, but also it's still absolutely wonderful that there is new baby Madeline. Uh, you'll likely see them throughout the town over the week to come. Otherwise, uh, eventually, when they're up to it, coming back, and then I'm looking forward to seeing that little baby. I saw Henry. He looks properly tired, and so then you know that it is a good baby. So there we are. Uh, next, the Fellowship of Christian Farmers Canada are looking for volunteers uh, to help share the gospel at the Threshermen's Reunion. Uh, if that is something you're into, you've probably all seen them when you've gone to Threshermen's before. Uh, when you walk down the main corridor, Corny is always uh, standing there looking uh, to share. But contact him if you are interested in helping out. That is uh, Good work that they do there. I've talked to him about that before. They share the gospel with thousands of people over the weekend, so they can always use more help there. Uh, at the same time, the Threshermen's comes with a number of things. Uh, if you want to help uh, serve in a food booth alongside me, then I would ask that you sign up this coming week for the Lions Booth to help the daycare out. Uh, they will be in there from Thursday through till Sunday uh, next weekend, and they will be selling. All the money goes uh, to the future of daycare, and I don't know if you guys saw the news on that one, but there is a daycare coming to McGregor now, and that is wonderful news. That was through the hard work of the school, so we are on the cusp of something wonderful there. So that is God's blessing through and through. Next, YFC is looking for volunteers. Talk to Dawson for more information on that. And Valley, Valley View is also looking for volunteers as well. Uh, there's kids' doodle sheets back there in the foyer. One more bit of news. Uh, Dorothy Giesbrecht is moving next Saturday. Next Saturday, Dorothy Giesbrecht is moving. Uh, she could use some help with the moving at 10 a.m. at her place. Uh, so if you are able to help her next Saturday at 10 a.m., then make sure to talk to her ASAP. Again, Dorothy is moving next Saturday. Uh, could let you some help 10 a.m. next Saturday. Any more announcements? All right. Then let's go to a time of prayer. First off, as we mentioned, we want to pray for the care home uh, as COVID is going through once again. We want to pray for healing. We want to pray that it doesn't just go through again and again and again as it has this past year. We want to pray for that. We want to pray for the care home. We want to pray for the work that they do. And we want to pray for the residents as well. Uh, we want to continue praying for Dorothy's son, Tyler. He is beginning his treatments again this coming week, I believe, or did it start? He's been on treatments for a while. We want to pray as he continues to be treated. It's an aggressive form of leukemia, so we want to pray for his healing and for the wisdom for the doctors, uh, as well as just he's staying in Winnipeg for the next 
in few months. We want to pray for him through and through for all of the changes that are happening. Uh, we want to pray for safety at Thresherman's. Uh, it is a big thing that is going on, and every year it's supposed to be a hot one again this time around, and so we want to pray for safety for all of the people that go, all the people that are involved we want to pray for Rosemary Siemens. Speaking of that, she is doing the service next Sunday at Thresherman's. Uh, and so we want to pray that it is a successful outreach to all of the people that are coming. They're expecting a lot of people to be there to hear her talk, to share her witness, to share the gospel message. And so we want to pray that that is a successful, uh, successful day. And... Let's go now into a time of prayer. Dear God, we come before you. And dear God, we come before you this morning, first off in praise. It's wonderful to hear that that daycare is on the way. We thank you for everyone at the school that has put in the hard work to fill out that grant and that it was successful in God. We look forward to when it arrives. We pray that all the details fall into place, as many as they are, and we pray it'll be a blessing to our community as well. God, we thank you for the ways that you work. And God, we also want to thank you for this weekend coming up for the Threshermans. It is a wonderful time to see the years gone past and also see friends that we don't see terribly often, but we do there. It is a wonderful time to spend with family. It's a wonderful time to volunteer. And so, God, we pray that it is a safe weekend. We pray that it is a blessed weekend for all that are involved. God, we pray also for Rosemary Siemens as she has her Sunday sermon, her Sunday ministry. God, we pray that it will be successful. God, we pray that her sharing the gospel will bring new people to you that had never heard your name before and will bring people back to you that have drifted away but are interested in hearing her. So God, we pray a blessing on her as she prepares. We also want to pray for all of the volunteers that have made that happen, for our Reeve, Ed, for everybody else also that will be volunteering that Sunday, God, we pray, give them the words to speak. Lord, we pray for next weekend, and we thank you that all of the things are falling into place for it to be a wonderful time. God, we also want to pray for healing. God, we want to pray for the care home and this most recent out of sickness that's going through. God, it feels like it's every other week that there is a new sickness going through. And so, God, we want to continue to pray for healing. We pray for the residents that they will heal up right as rain as soon as possible. We pray for all of the staff that is working there. And we pray for the ones particularly that have had to go home with that sickness. And God, we pray for healing for them as well, as well as protection going forward that when there is a new bout that goes through, it won't just do what it does. God, we pray for our care home. We pray for the residents. 
We thank you so much for how we see you at work in there every time we enter the doors. And God, we pray, just be with them and bring healing to the place. And God, we also, when we pray for healing, want to pray for Tyler. Lord, we pray for him as his new treatments are going through. God, we pray that they are as successful as can be. God, we pray that the leukemia is treated and it goes into remission and is a problem no more. God, we pray for the doctors. We pray give them wisdom so that they know exactly how it is that they need to treat. And Lord, we pray be with Tyler, be with his family over the months to come as they go through this time together. Lord, we know that he is in your hands, and so we pray, we pray for healing. God, all of these things we bring before you this morning, and we place them at your feet. Amen. All right. So over the last couple weeks, we've been talking about things that cause us to feel distant from God. Things that cause us to feel that inability to hear him. Things that, well, because they do that, things that make us feel just kind of blocks. That's what happens when you feel that God is far away, isn't it? Just, it weighs on everything. It drags us down. We've talked about a number of different causes, a number of different reasons why we might feel that God is anywhere but with us. And today we are going to be talking about the reasons that relate to and here I'm, I'm using a, a term I didn't come up with. I would have named it something else. But reasons that relate to embracing our false self. As well as all of the things that we can do to treat. All the things we can do to address. All the things that we can do to find ourselves pointed back at our Lord again. Now, if that doesn't make much sense to say reasons that come across our our false self, embracing our false self. If that doesn't make much sense, then don't worry. I'm going to explain it in a little bit. And as I have been going through this series so far, I start out with a bit of an example. So uh, here is the one for today. Imagine that one day you were hanging out with a friend, and that friend introduces you to something, something interesting, something that you're like, hey, that's kind of neat. And so, once you're done hanging out with them, you go back to your house, you, you go on the interwebs or pull out the encyclopedias or whatever you have, and you start learning about that. And the more you go into it, the more you're like, hey, that is pretty cool. Then time goes by, and you find yourself, well, you got a new hobby on your hands here. This is something that you absolutely enjoy doing an awful lot with. And then... A magical day happens that we probably all have experienced at some point before. That day when your friends around you begin to recognize that 
that thing that you are into, then you, you know something about that. And so they ask you your opinion on it, and that, that's a good feeling, isn't it? When you become somebody that knows something about something. When your friends and your family, they start regarding you as somebody who knows something about it. And then time goes by again. And you find that more and more of the time that you spend is becoming about whatever this thing is. More and more of the time that you spend is becoming about whatever this interest is. And a weird thing begins to happen. A weird thing is, is that the more you become about this thing, then the more you find that your friends that are not so much about this thing, you just kind of drift away. You kind of stop having as much to do with them. That's the nature of things, isn't it? Then more time goes by. And you're beginning to notice that this thing that you are into, it's beginning to cause you to drift away from more than just your old friends. It's beginning to cause you to not really take care of, I don't know, your front yard or whatever. It's beginning to take you away from the time you spend with the Lord. It's beginning to cause you to drift away from your friends, from your family. Maybe they're getting a little bit concerned for you right now. And more time goes by. And you don't really even notice it happening, but somehow your waking thoughts keep drifting here. Somehow everything keeps coming back to this one thing. Somehow it has become what Jesus would call like a second master to you. In Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, in verse 24, that's where you get the teaching on two masters. The teaching on two masters. There he's talking particularly about money. And what he says is, you can't have two masters. Really, no matter how much, you really want to have two masters. Everybody wants to be able to be fully devoted to everything. There's not that many hours in the day. And more than that, there's something in us, right? When we try to follow more than one master, then what happens? Exactly what Jesus says happens. You tend to hate the one and love the other. You tend to be devoted to one and you despise the other. And here he's talking particularly, as I said, about money. And from personal experience, I can tell you when it comes to money, that is absolutely true. Everybody can remember that first dollar that they made back when they were knee high. Or at least somewhere near the first dollar when you plunk it in your little piggy bank probably can remember what you spent it on, too. I'm betting for most of us some kind of candy. I think mine was a jawbreaker from the local store, Anna's store in Fraserwood. I don't even remember if I wanted to spend it on that. It was kind of disgusting. Jawbreakers are not my thing. But I think I might have taken it and licked it and then put it back. And then mom made it. Gross. I was four. <laughs> but that was kind of the start of something, right? It's, it's neat. You have this money and you can buy things with it. Or you can go to church, you can donate with it, you can help people with it. Money is 
an interesting thing. It's a tool. You can do all manner of stuff with money. It shows how you care for people. It shows what you care about. It's how you get by in life. And so just by nature of the days going by, you tend to spend more and more time thinking about money. In my case, I used to work in accounting. I used to work in student finance. I found that I was very interested. I learned more and more about it. You learn that you can do all sorts of neat things. There are tons of ways to make money that don't involve just working nine to five. There are tons of interesting ways you can spend it as well. And I can remember that day when the first student came into my office and asked me, well, what should I do about this? And you feel like you're somebody that knows something about this, right? But at that time as well, we didn't really roll in the dough. I was working at a Christian not-for-profit, a Christian charity school. That's not really where you go to make all the money. And while we want to say that Money is one of those things that if you have all of it in the world, then you're only just obsessed with it. My experience is, is that if you're on the other side of it and you have no money, that also has a way of making it so that is all you think about. And when that happens, it's suddenly very easy to be like, why wouldn't I work a little bit longer even though I haven't seen my wife in who knows how long? It suddenly becomes very easy to be like, Everything around me is just a bit of a commodity, something to be sold if you're just clever enough. It becomes, I can't remember the last time that I have spoke to God, even though I'm working at a Christian school, right? It becomes your master like few things can. And when it becomes your master, it's something that is exactly what a master is. It leads you, right? That's what a master does. A master leads you to places, tells you, go here, go there. A master is who tells you what to value. A master is who tells you what is worthwhile. A master is what tells you this is who you are, this is what you are about. And when it does that, and you believe it, that is when you have now embraced your false self. Hence the term. The reasons that we find ourselves distant from God relating to our false self. You cannot have a master other than God without developing a false self. You cannot have a master other than God without developing a false self because all masters tell you what to do. All masters tell you who you are. But there is only one master who when they tell you who you are, you know that that is actually true. And that is our Lord God, the one who made us and the one who, when he leads us, shows love. The one who, when he leads us, shows that we are capable of more than just making money, more than just any one single thing. 
You cannot have two masters. Either you follow God, who will show you who you can be, who you were made to be, the wonder of who you are, or you can have some other master. And they will tell you that the entirety of what you are is just this one thing that will destroy you and will hurt everyone around you and will cause you to be distant from God and will destroy the entire world if you let it. The unfortunate thing is, is anything can become a master to us. It's not wrong to have things you like doing. It's not wrong to have interests. It's not wrong to be known as the person that really likes this thing or really likes that. It's not wrong to like to do stuff. It's the spice of life, isn't it? But at the same time, it's a bit weird how things that we like and things that we care about and things that we think are just neat can, if we become too obsessed with them, turn into something that would put us into chains. How easily they just kind of drift to that point where they become a problem. That can go for interests and hobbies we spend too much time on. It certainly can go for any of the things we normally think about, anything that is addictive. It absolutely can go for any sin that we hold too close to our hearts. They can all become masters that want us to be nothing more than about that thing. And when they try leading us in that way, it becomes hard to hear our God because of course it does. He desperately wants us to follow him and we are being led by the chains anywhere else. So, what do you do if you find yourself in this situation? Thankfully, the church is old, 2,000 years running, more than that already. Oh goodness, it's not the year 2000 anymore. Oh, that's weird how time sneaks by on you. The church is old. It has a lot of experience with dealing with exactly this problem. So much experience that... Does anybody know kind of what the first thing that Jesus Christ does when he starts his ministry? What is that first thing that he says? There we go. So much experience that going straight back to Jesus Christ himself, it is literally the first thing in his ministry that he teaches us how to deal with, how to deal with these problems. Repent and be baptized is how Jesus begins his ministry. Repent, be baptized, follow me, because soon the kingdom of heaven will be at hand. How do you deal with having two masters? You repent, you get baptized. There's a reason that this is how Jesus begins his ministry. Because what is repentance? Repentance is taking the things that are in our lives that would have us turn anywhere but Jesus Christ and putting them before him. 
saying all of these things that are causing us to hurt those around us, that are causing us to destroy everything, that are causing us to not focus on our Lord, they will not be what leads us anymore. God, I am acknowledging that these are the things that are turning me from you, and I place them at your feet. That is what repentance is. We think of repentance just in terms of this kind of itemized list. I stole money from the candy store. I, I guess, a jawbreaker. Uh, I did this. I did that. I, I don't know, murdered someone. Sometimes very... We think of it just as these laying these individual discrete things, but that's not what repentance is. What repentance is, is putting before God all of the things that would take us and point us in a different direction, all of the things that take us away from the Lord, putting those at his feet. All of these individual sins that we think of, they all do that, but it's a bigger thing. It's a life thing. It is acknowledging why it is that we are not pointed at God, and it is putting those things before him. And then what do you do? Baptized. Get baptized. Because what is baptism? Baptism is the acknowledging that that is who I was, and from this day on, I am following you, Lord. It is that declaration that who I was is who I was, and who I will be is someone that is following my God. This isn't a call to be rebaptized if you already have been and you find yourself falling to this or that, but instead, it is a part of the whole process. When we come before our Lord in confession, it's not just that we list off the things that we have done and we call it a day. There is this point of, that was then. Now we look forward to the future together. And then you follow God from that day on. That is what you do if you find that there is a second master. And that's pretty easy to say because, well, it's pretty easy to say, but my goodness, is that ever a complicated thing to do? Because, as I said, like, masters tell you who you are. They define you, and when you take that into yourself and you make it a part of who you are, it, it can be hard to see that there is even a problem at all. Thankfully, the church has a bit of a history of dealing with exactly that as well. Exactly that problem where you do not know if there are other masters that you are being led astray by. Because it can be tricky. Because as I said, there's no problem with being interested in this and that. It's just instead that it can become a problem when it takes us over, but that happens gradually enough that quite often we don't even know what's happening until it's a problem. But these are some things that the church has found over its many years of history can help to show us when problems are becoming problems. Here's the first one. Talk to your friends. 
Talk to fellow believers. Talk to people who know you. It's true that people that are outside of ourselves, they don't know the reasons why we do individual things, but at the same time, one thing they are very good at doing is identifying when we change. There's a reason why if you go too far down, particularly this or that, they'll be like, you've changed. Who's ever heard that before? You've changed. You don't need to put your hand up for that. That was a silly thing to ask. But talk to others, especially older friends that you're finding that you're not spending as much time with anymore. They are pretty good at identifying red flags. Here's a little bit of the old accountant in me. If you haven't done a budget, do a budget. Budgets are great for showing you what you should spend money on and what you shouldn't. Budgets are even better at showing you what you value. Over time, you'll find that if something is beginning to grab a hold of you, you will spend more of your resources on it. That is just the nature of getting involved in things. And so if you do a budget now, you do a budget another six months, and you notice that this one hobby of yours is suddenly taking up a concerning amount of your resources, that could be a red flag. You can also do budgets for other things, like your time. Do a budget on your time. Notice where you were spending more of it now as compared to a couple months ago. That can also show you red flags. And perhaps obvious, most obvious at all, if you have things that you like doing very much and you're kind of wondering if it's becoming a bit too much of a thing, maybe just take a break and see if that's something you can actually do. Because if you find that you can't, that's very likely to also be a big red flag. But when you find these red flags and you begin to notice that these things are taking over your lives, these other masters that are going to tell you that you are something less than what you are, something wrong, then you put it before God and you say, now I am following you. Most of the time, it doesn't mean you even need to give things up as much as you just need to scale back. But at the same time, you tell the Lord, now I am following you. There's going to be things that you're going to keep tripping up on over and over again. That will happen. Anything that gets to you to the point where you could say that it is a master of you, likely it will not be so easy as just cold turkey and I'm done. But here's something that we often mistake when we talk about falling into old habits as just failures on our part. This is that there's real struggle in that, right? There's real struggle in trying our best and continuing on. And if God is with you in that struggle, then you're pointed at the Lord. And that's the goal, right? Moving in that direction. Things will get better over time. And there are some things that can become so much of a problem that they just have their hooks in us to a destructive end. Addictions fall into that most certainly. And then I will tell you 
that addictions counselors can do you more good in turning toward God than you would think. We're going to be doing something new here at McGregor EMC. And that is for about 10 minutes after the service, we're going to have ministers come up, deacons come up, and if there's anything you feel that you need to pray about, anything that you feel that you need to get off your chest, or if you just want prayer and you don't want to say what it is at all, that's fine. They'll be here to pray for you. I'll also be by the back door if you want to ask me about anything, but, and I'm here during the week. But I'd say, if there's anything that is just wearing that hole in you, come and talk. They will be happy to hear what it is that you have on your mind. There are many things in this world that want to tell us who we are. There are many things in this world that want to tell us that you are solely about this thing and nothing else. And the one thing that all of those things have in common is, is that they want to make you into less than what God created you to be. And when you begin to believe it, when you begin to follow them, it becomes hard to hear God because you were pointed anywhere but at him. If these are the reasons that you feel distant from God, if this is something that is on your heart, then the way to point yourself back to God is hard but simple. Now is the time to give up the old masters for the new. Now is the time to repent, be baptized in whatever form that takes, and follow him. Amen.
I love that song. Again, there's going to be ministers up here if there's anything that you want to pray about, anything that you want to share or just if you want a prayer. Also, don't forget, tonight, 7 p.m., in the back, there's going to be fire, potluck snacks. It's going to be a great time. But for our benediction, and here's the part where I remember, though I didn't actually have my benediction keyed up, but we're going to look at the book of Jude, because that's an easy one to find. And now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from stumbling, and who will bring you into his glorious presence, innocent of sin, and with great joy. All glory to him who alone is God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, glory, majesty, power, and authority belong to him in the beginning now and forevermore. Amen. Um, and we'll sing the chorus one more time together. He will hold me missed.